All right, welcome to 614 Headsets uh, with co-hosts Ryan Sayers, Donovan White, and myself, Kyle Stout. Uh, and I'm excited, man. This has been a passion project us three have been talking about for a while. And, you know, you always start off with a podcast and you think about, like, what is your description or what what are you? Uh, you know, we're a sports show, we're a football show, but to us, I think it's a lifestyle. You know, Tom Brady said it best, football is unconditional love. And I think all three of us in here couldn't agree more. Uh, to us, we eat, sleep, and breathe football. Just so everybody knows, we're three high school coaches from Columbus, Ohio. You know, one of the top areas uh, probably in the U.S. that you could coach and, and think about sports, high school sports. Uh, and we just can't get enough of it. So if you have that same passion as us and you want to talk sports or topics, uh, do some X's and O's. And we got some great people lined up in the future to hop on with us to uh, follow along with us. Uh, but first, uh, I'm going to introduce Ryan and Ryan's going to talk about our, our very first episode coming out today. I appreciate everybody being with us, though, first, um, whoever's going to log in and watch this. But um, like Stout said, you know, it's a lifestyle for us and we want to talk about things that are lifestyle. Um, you know, you learn lessons through your lifestyles. And uh, I think for us to talk about something that are is lessons learned. Um, during a championship season is um, a great episode to kick off with. Um, we all three have had a championship season this past season. Um, so I think it's a, a exciting topic for everybody. Um, everybody wants to win championships and uh, everybody knows that football teaches the best lessons in life. Um, so stay tuned, listen to what we got to say. I'm excited. We all three are excited. Um, I'm first going to introduce Donovan White. What's going on, guys? My name is Donovan White. Going mm -hmm. into my second year coaching, uh, coaching overall and second year coaching at Gahanna, uh, where I'm from, coaching offensive line. Uh, I played football at Miami University down in the MAC uh, for five years as an O-lineman. Um, was fortunate enough to win a conference championship there in 2019. Um, and my coaching style is pretty similar to my college coaches. Again, it's going to evolve a little bit as I grow and get older and get more experience. But I'm really committed to to making these kids better, you know, future husbands, you know, dads, brothers, sons, whatever it may be, and, and trying to teach them those same life lessons I learned in, in college and in high school through football. So that's a little bit about me. Coach Sayers, go for it. My guy. Um, well, first, he's super lucky. Like, you know, Stout said, getting his, that's his first year of coaching. Um, first year. Gets to go all the way to the regional championship. I keep telling him, he's so spoiled. <laughs> Doesn't happen every year. No. <laughs> that was a lucky charm. I mean, that's what it is. It yeah. took us 40. <laughs> um, I hope you get used to it, but I would say don't get used to it, right? Like, I hope you get used to it, though. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm Ryan Sayers. Uh, I'm from Youngstown, Ohio. Um, right now, I currently coach at Northland High School. I'm the head football coach. Um I coached at Pickerington North High School right out of college. Um, I went to Ohio Dominican University and played football there. I played defensive line. Um, for me, man, I'm just excited to be on this podcast and do it with these guys. Uh, obviously, we all love football. Um, and my coaching style uh, really is just about intensity and, and playing hard, playing fast. I always say, you know, um, if you play fast and physical and you just get to the ball, um, and you keep the game simple for your kids, it's going to be easy. Um, you just have to make it easy for the kids. So that's what we try to do at Northland. Uh, we don't want to make it hard. We want every call to be simple. We want everything to run like a machine. 
Um, and that's what we're trying to do, especially now going into my fourth year this year. Um, and, and, you know, I always say too, the, the biggest thing in my style is, uh, you know, caring about the kids the most, obviously, uh, we all do it for the kids. Um, and I always say, you know, you know, 10% of what I do is really coach football. Um, 90% of what I do is, you know, try to build these boys and the young men and try to get them ready for the real world. And, um, you know, that that's the exciting part when you get to see a kid, you know, be successful later on in life. That's, that's the fun part, I think. Um, you know, for us at Northland, we have kids that might not even just play football later on. So, you know, you want to see them just, you know, get their certifications and things. So that's the exciting part about high school football. It's not just football. Um, so, Stout, go ahead. You're next. Yeah, you know, just to piggyback on that, I mean, to us, we know the landscape of the area, but a, a lot of people don't know, you know, coaching in the in the city league, it has its challenges. And, you know, you're going to offer a different perspective than Gehanna and I, you know, two totally different types of communities. Uh, and that's what I'm really interested in learning about. And so when you talk yeah. about, you know, being there for the kids and, and all that, it, it just means so much there. So like people understand you know, the, the scenarios in the background of what we're talking about. So a little about me, I'm, I'm from Ashland, Ohio, kind of a, a small town. And uh, right out of high school, I was a preferred walk-on at Penn State. I got to play under uh, Joe Paterno for two years, uh, transferred and went to Ashland University. And uh, I'm going into my 12th year coaching uh, where I've had different roles as a, as a head coach or an offensive coordinator or some type of co throughout the years. Uh, this is my fourth season at Gahanna Lincoln, you know, so everybody understands, you know, that's, that's how Donovan and I know each other. Uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, Donovan was the first guy I called, you know, when I came back to be the coordinator at, at Gahanna, he was call number one for me, uh, trying to find a guy that I could trust that cared about Gahanna football and, and, and cared about the offensive line as much as I do. So he would, he was call one sitting at the kitchen table for me. Uh, everybody understand, you know, Ryan and I coach at, at Pickering North together. That's where we first met and, and became great friends. And, and it turned into two dads on the third shift playing Call of Duty at 3 a.m., taking care of the babies. Um, Same exact time with the babies. Yeah, we had them on sync, man. We had them scheduled. We had a routine. It was great. That's that awesome. But, you know, my style is evolving. Uh, I, I was the young coach who was the, the yeller at the start you know, the juice man and, and all that. Uh, and now I, I've kind of changed and I, I feel myself changing throughout a lot of different ways. And I still coach really hard, but I've had to evolve and start to learn a lot of different positions. And I've had to learn how to bounce around and I've had to learn how to trust assistant coaches and other guys. Uh, you know, a little bit about me and my coaching style. I'm a big why guy. I'm a very detail oriented uh, person and I'm a big believer in, in a multiple offense. You know, we we run a lot of formations and a lot of personnel groupings. That's how I played in college. It fits kind of more of a pro style, and uh, I love it because I think it lets you get multiple kids involved and match your your strengths that for any given year. Uh, and, and it's funny to see where I'm at now. And the offense I run now, there's still some things I did from the very beginning, but there's still some absolutely new things, too. Uh, so I'm excited. I can't wait till we get to some more of the X's and O's type stuff. Uh, but, you know, first, the introductions are done, and we can't wait to – I have to say something. I think up. it's hilarious. How old are you, Stout? 
I'm 35. 35. Yeah. Stop with that. See here. <laughs> see here's Donovan's thing. He uh, he's is a joke. Ha 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 ha. Like he he always tries to make it seem like I'm, I'm 35. Okay. Well, here's the thing. At 27, were you the like loud guy yelling all the time? I think probably in my 20s I was. Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering, when do you think that wears off? Because I, I feel like it's never going to wear off. I just scream, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm loud. I, but it, it's for a good reason. I'm not just doing it. But you, you know how I am. You've been, yeah. <laughs> you, you've been around me coaching. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I think maybe – I think it depends what role you're in. You know what I mean? I think it might depend what type of role you're in. It might depend what type of assistance you have. You know what I mean? If you have some assistance, I'll be loud for you. Um, I think as I started to take more of an aerial view of having to see everything and constantly thinking about things was when I had to become a little bit more, more calm. Well, that's a good day. Well, I don't know. As a head coach, I think I still yell enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've been there. We said It's different though. I mean, because, I mean, you don't, you don't call you don't call the defense, do you? You have a defensive yeah. coordinator. I, right? I mean, so I had, we you we, help. I, I help. Like, well, right. he, you know, we we work together on the defensive side. Right. This year, you know, we have, um, you know, he's let the the guy that was my co DC with me that that's worked with me for a while. He's had a baby, right? He had life's rolling, and, and you know how that works. So, uh, yeah, you know, we hired another guy this year. So I actually didn't know that. That's interesting to know. So I think it depends on your role. You know what I mean? Like maybe if you had a, but you're always going to be Mr. <laughs> All gas, no breaks. So, you know, getting into our, our first topic, you know, like, like Ryan said, you know, each one of us was, was part of a championship season last year, but we've all had championship seasons in the past too. We, we just want to try to see, like, what were the lessons you learned from there? Like, what could you maybe take from that to take to your team uh, to change your culture? Uh, I think we got a lot of really good ideas going on. And I'm excited to hear you go first, Ryan. I, I know the first couple of years did not start as what you probably expected. Uh, you had a lot of challenges. You had COVID. You had, you know, start and stop and cancel the whole season and, and all those things. And you know, we, we've personally talked after every game and talked about challenges and talking in those peaks of life. And so I'm so excited that you finally, you know, got to that point where you, you secured a part of a championship. And I can't wait to hear about what you learned and uh, what are some of those things. Man, I appreciate it. Like you said, the, the first few years were a little rough, right? Um, and, and I had two – I've had – Two significant, you know, besides Little League, high school stuff. You know what I mean? I've had two significant championships in my life. I had one in, at, at Ohio Dominican my senior year, my last year of playing. Um, we won our GMAC Conference Championship, um, which was great. But then, you know, this one this year was obviously special, right? Like, we, we won against our uh, rival, um, we, you know, to, to secure a uh, tie of the city North. And last year we lost to them on the one yard line as time ran out um, to tie the same way, the same exact scenario. It, it was the exact same scenario. Um, and, you know, as you're, it's a close ball game as you're going to the third, fourth, you know, we've been up all game. This is to make the playoffs for the first time since 2013 um, for our school. Um not counting the COVID year where everybody made it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you don't count that. But uh, 
I feel like for us, that was huge to have a repeat situation and see the changes that we made through that season um, compared to the last season. That's why it's kind of easy to talk on this right now because it was so recent for me. Um, and I think, you know, the one thing that I I say that we definitely did more than we've ever had before, and it wasn't a matter of not being, not coaching them, not do wanting to do it. It was a matter of the kid having the kids. Um, you know, the first year was COVID year, 35 kids on the roster, right? Um, you know, my second year we had, you know, we started with 51 and ended with like 42. And then, you know, so it's really hard to practice when you're missing a lot of guys that ain't aren't, aren't bought in and, and aren't, you know, I, I've been around them for two years only and, and they're not trusting me. So last year we finally had that. We had that factor of guys that trusted us, trusted us coaches. They bought into what we wanted to do. Um, and, and the number one thing was competitiveness and practice. Um, for us, like when you can't compete good on good or best on best and, you, and you're practicing against guys that, you know, might are not even close to what you're going to see on a Friday night or, and you just don't have the bodies, right? It's it's tough, like, and it's really hard to go compete that that week when you know you've you haven't com- competed since right last Friday, the, the Friday before, because you're coming into practice and it's easy. You're trying to run half line and it's not really, it's not really a good. It's still not even best on best. You know what I mean? Um, so it was tough, and you have guys banged up at the end of the season. You have guys that quit. You have JV players that. You know, JV season's over. We're not playing, you know, week 10 JV game, you know, week 10 getting ready for the Beechcroft game. The one we lose on the one yard line because, I mean, I'm missing so many kids at practice. Now, this past year, we had kids at practice. Kids went to study tables and then they competed at practice. We were able to split into two teams at times and really get after each other and be able to line up best on best, right, and do one-on-ones with each other. And we had – we just had coaches at each position too. It was it, our staff was great, and that was the best thing. It was competitiveness against the staff too. We we wanted to compete against each other. So, you know, even if it was scout team defense against one O, our scout team defense was screaming, going crazy. If it was the scout team offense against one D, and they scored, or if they even got four yards, we were you know what I mean, going crazy for the offense and, and making it competitive. Um, for the kids and that that was literally key to our season and I think it showed um the second thing was just player our players led the team last year our coaches didn't have to I mean I think that's huge like I think good teams are led by coaches right if you have a good season but great teams are led by the players um and that's with buy-in if they buy into what you're saying they 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 believe it right um, and it's the little things. It's not buying into the offensive scheme you have. It's not buying into the defensive blitzes you cross. It's not buying into the zone coverage. It's not that. It's not any of that. I think it's buying into the little things like running on and off the field, believing in, you know, having your helmet buckle ready to play every snap, right? Like the little things, cleaning up the practice field, making sure your your place looks nice, right? Like for us, it's important. Like we're a city school. To me, it's important that when people drive past high school there's not one bottle there's not one wrapper there's not I pick everything up as I'm walking because we are a city school so people believe that's what we should look like you know what I mean so when we clean when we painted the stadium when I first got there when we've painted the you know locker we've redone the we we rearranged the weight room to make it look better that's what's important 
you know what I mean? The little things and getting them to buy in and, and appreciate where they're from. Um, and that's what we had in our players bought into everything. I didn't have to yell, run off the field. You know, I didn't have to up down everybody because helmets were unbuckled. I didn't have to, I didn't have to do those things and waste 50 seconds, 45 seconds out of a practice six times, which adds up to, you know what I mean? Whatever math it is. And now you're wasting minutes off of your day. And you know, those are critical um, in high school football when you're, everyone's playing both sides. How, how did you get there though? I mean, it, it, it's, I think it's a great point to ask because it's funny because you would think like, you know, coming off the year we had, that has been kind of one of the largest things we have said this off season is about, raising the bar and making the culture be player led. Like I don't, we don't have a bad culture. I'm not saying that, but it's just constantly trying to find ways to make it elite or better. And I I feel like it's so hard to get kids to want to lead and do those hard things. How did you get, or was there any type of strategy to get from where you were in the beginning to when you actually felt like it was player led? I think the things that we did in the off season were critical, right? Bringing in speakers to talk about leadership stuff, um, you know, meeting with the players individually, and then also giving the players, um, I would say, you know, ownership of the program. My seniors take ownership of everything, right? What's on our shirt this year? What, what's going to be our slogan? What are we going to tag on Twitter? Every, every post that I post with football, what are we going to tag? Um, and, and, it's really just engaging with those guys and getting them to, this is our program. You know what I mean? It's a, you know, I don't take, what music are we listening to at practice? Are you, you guys need to send, what music are we listening to before the game? You need to send me a playlist that's clean, no cuss words, nothing like that. You know what I mean? We will listen to your guys' music. And some people don't believe in that. You know, some people's, you know, mindset is, you know, their, their ways, you know, but I, I feel like I truly believe that, if, excuse me, if you evolve with your players and you change with your players and you get better, you, you want to do the things that they want to do, right, while also disciplining them on the little things, um, they're going to be successful because they're going to want to play for you and you got to have the kids want to play for you. And so when you give them the ownership of some things on your program, that are the shirt, the tags, the, the little things, right, the things that, that really don't matter, but the kids love and they care about, right, what's on the jersey, what does our new jersey look, we, we bought three sets of new jerseys now since I've been there, new helmets, new shoulder pads. We changed our logo on our stuff. We we get the kids Nike. You know what I mean? We've done a lot of things. We fundraise a ton and we get them to love Northland. And I want them to love where they're from, right? We haven't lost a kid to transferring since I've been there. And, and that's, I think, you know, amazing and a testament to my assistant coaches and what they've done and what our teammates, our other teammates have done. Like, it's like, we try to make it a family now. And like, you know, um, we've talked before like this year's kind of you know no retreat no surrender like no one leave no one go like nowhere because we got you know we have 26 returning letterman we're coming to you know play football this year we're 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 ready to roll so it's exciting like we're excited for that and then i would say being consistent with what you do as a coach like if one day you're yelling at them to run on and off the field can't do that you can't not do it the next day or let it go on just the walkthrough day it has to be consistent in everything. That's what we did with our lives. And, and I think for city kids and kids that don't have a schedule and don't have consistency at home and and don't always have the best home life, right? 
if you can provide them with a schedule consistency and, and caring about them, then it's going to be, you're going to be successful. And I think that's anywhere though. That's not just in the city. You know what I mean? But like, um, I think you guys do that again. I see your guys and it's great to watch how you guys have evolved too, though. Um, Cause you have different struggles than what I have, but everyone has struggles, right? Like not, there's not one high school football coach that will get on this podcast and be like, life is so easy. We don't have no problems at our school. It's so easy to coach. We don't, we get everything we want. You know what I mean? It's just not, yeah. it's not realistic, but we do it because we love it. And that's why we're on here too, is because we love Man. it. And, and just a little pivot. Uh, I, this is something I would throw to our staff. I thought it was a really cool idea I heard uh, last year with the whole music and, and ownership. It was uh, during camp and practice and stuff. You name a player of the day who maybe had a great practice to practice before, and he gets a special jersey for the next practice, and he gets to make the playlist. Mm-hmm. So, like, everybody knows that guy in that jersey, he's the dude from last week or last practice, and he gets to make the playlist for the next practice. And I hope that's something we can do this year. I think, I think it's a really cool idea. Right. Um, but I, I love to hear it. Um, and I have one other question. And how does your team seem different, or how is your team handling the success off of last year? The best thing and like one thing that I kind of took from Nate, right? Like we, you coached with Nate before, right? Like, and you know, you, you always want to practice more as an assistant coach. You always want more time as an offense coordinator. You always want more time as an O-line coach. You're always going to want more time as a D coordinator. It's never going to change. And as a head coach, when I got into the role, I was like, man, you got to, I do truly believe what Nate has said, right? You got to make them want to come to practice. You got to make them want more, right? And so for our kids, we'll, you know, we want them to want more. So we'll give them little tidbits of things, right? And then I tell our coaches, don't go any farther than what we said we were going to give them. You know what I mean? Don't teach them anything new. Don't teach them anything else. What we said we're going to do and what we're going to install is what we're going to focus on that day. If they ask questions, we'll get to that. You know what I mean? We want them to want to know more. You know what I mean? And, and we continue to, you know, teach them, develop them like the way we want because we go over our, install super in depth right like this is how we wanted to build on to each other we, we you know just like a classroom we you know we teach that i and you have to build your scaffold everything you know what i mean um and, and we do that on the field too and i feel like for our kids when we're able to you know build on everything then they're able to put the everything together right like now they see the big picture now they see everything happening in front of them and now our our kids are begging for us to let them ha- let, open the field, right? Open the gate. Kids are lifting at lunch. Kids, we have a strength coach now. Our district finally let us get a strength coach. He lifts the kids at lunch. He lifts them throughout the day. We have kids that are begging to come in there. If they have good grades, they come in there. I have a teacher also. And this is also another part, right? Buy-in from your school. that that And the teachers that are around the kids, right? Like, I have some teachers that are freaking amazing at Northland, dude. Like they do, they run the study tables for me. They they call me in every situation, make sure that our kids are where they're supposed to be. Like, hey, is this football kid? What's he supposed to do? Da, 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 da. And they do everything a lot for us. And I, and that's another piece that really helps this year is that we won last year. And I think winning gets people to want to be involved. When they see that you can maybe be pretty good the next year, they kind of want to get into it. 
right? Like they kind of, I'm sure Bruce has been hit up a lot more about assistant coaching and, and do and things like that after, you know, you guys had the season you had, you know what I mean? And the success you had. And, and I always say winning cures all, you know what I mean? Um, so that's, that's kind of what we've done in Northland. That's kind of how we've done it. Um, and, and I think this year, that's what our kids are about is wanting more and coming every day. And, and, and our kids don't miss, you know what I mean? Our kids are running track. Our kids are at baseball. Then they make sure that they get to their seven-on-one workout. You know what I mean? Right after we schedule them for right after their workouts, so we're seeing all our kids throughout the entire year, um, which has been fantastic. And they they don't they bring their football cleats with their track cleats. They bring you know what I mean. Then they bring a snack. They bring a water. They make sure that they're prepared to be success, get their work in, and be successful. That's good, man. Hey, you know we're gonna pivot. Donovan, you've been quiet. Yeah, right, man, you've been quiet up now. Yeah, get in there. I'm supposed to go next, but you know what, Donovan? So you don't fall asleep. You go next. All right, let's do this. So I want to hear from Donovan. That's who I don't care about. You I know. Saying. I'm gonna let Donovan go. I'm gonna tune in. I'm my, gonna engage with Donovan. You shut up, Steph. My perspective's a little different, right? Obviously, I'm not too. I'm only two, three years removed from playing in college, so it still feels like it was yesterday. I'm sure it still feels like yesterday to you guys, but I mean. It, no. Grand scheme of things, like it doesn't feel like I, I I graduated two years ago, right? And stopped playing two and a half, three years ago. But the biggest takeaway I had from the college side, at least from playing, and I'll get into coaching from Miami was, and I got this from my O line coach, was staying steady, right? He always preached on you can enjoy the high points of a game, of a practice, of a moment in life. You can enjoy the high points. And you kind of feel bad at the low points in games, practice life, but you could never let your baseline mental state get that high or get too low. He always said, enjoy it and and learn from it. But if you're, if you're a heartbeat, you're never going up with it too far. You're always staying at the same rate because you never know when you have to fluctuate back and forth in a situation. So that was kind of what we leaned on. We leaned on, especially as a unit, getting back to our mental state and our core values and who we were as a unit. And so the the preface that I've told this story to a few other people. So that came into play the most in 2019 junior year or fourth year. Right. I mean, we, we were riding high. We had a great summer off season, you know, uh, me and a few of my other close buddies got put on scholarship. I mean, it was a great time going into the season. We opened up that season at Iowa uh, played them, really close through the first three quarters ended up losing by like two touchdowns, but so we had some momentum going off to that um, played an FCS team, beat them played Cincinnati week three lost by like 35. The next week we had to play Ohio state and Cincinnati had just played them and lost 42 to nothing. So you could see the gears kind of turning people's heads of like, we just lost by 30 since they just lost by 42, 45, like what's going on here. Roll into Ohio State week four. We lose 76 to five. 76 to five. Like, I mean, just, and I'm, you know, I'm pumped up. I'm going back to playing the horseshoe, right? Like, I'm doing all this. Like, I'm seeing it, it's awesome, right? And then next, you know, it's 76 to five, right? And so at that point, it's like you kind of as a team. And time, as out, a, time out, time out, time out. Hmm. What was the score at half? At half. So, Halftime was 49 to 5. We got what, up. Uh, what did the coach say? Do you remember? I've always wondered. Like, what do you yeah. say? Yeah, what do they say in those games where yeah. it's kind of like what do they say? What did what I, was halftime? Do you remember? 
it those like Ohio State, it was more it wasn't like he was embarrassed or like angry for us. It was just more of like I mean, he was screaming at us. My coach was a head coach was a very vocal guy where there's a lot of stories that I mean I'm sure you guys have both can't say on, on podcasts or, or shows or anything, but uh it was not a like you know what's wrong with you what are you doing it was a very loud and and i'm clearly angry but like you got to decide who you want to be for the second half on national television uh now other games like when we played like notre dame and got blanked it was a just a demolition in the halftime from him but that game it was all right like who are you gonna be in the second half still lost 76 to 5 but and after that game you're sitting there like you're getting on the bus and you're reading the tweets you're seeing the barstool stuff like you're you're seeing all this stuff and as a team as a player as a unit you kind of have to decide like okay what are you going to do from here like are you going to be everything that they're saying you you are you know the a joke of a team a joke of a conference whatever it may be and yeah that ohio state team was good were they 71 points better i, I don't i don't know i don't think so but it's just that's how the dice rolled and at that point in the season, we were getting into conference play, won a game at Buffalo. Next week, we lost big time to Western Michigan, but we just stayed steady. We stayed steady, ripped off wins against our rival, against OU, close wins um, against Northern Illinois. And at one point, we had secured our spot into the conference championship game. And that was like week 10 or 11, and we struggled against 0-12 Akron. Right, We struggled against 0-12 Akron. And the last game of the regular season, we got beat by 15, 20 points against Ball State, who didn't make a bowl game. And even throughout all that, it was it always reverted back to that moment and that foundation of, listen, you can get really pissed off at the lows. I mean, that the locker room after Ball State a week before trying to go win a ring was a really low moment in Miami football program that season and in general. And but we stayed steady. We stayed. We, we let, our, let ourselves get down for a second and learn from that and then drive back up. And so that's the biggest takeaway I've tried to express thus far, at least in high school coaching, through high school coaching, was that ability to stay steady. And it it's hard for 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 kids, right, high school kids, let alone college kids to do it. Uh, but that's the thing I've tried to impress. And then again, again, it's only been one year and uh, obviously successfully you're going, you know, winning a regional championship. But biggest thing I've taken away from that season was – I came into that unit and, and coached out. You you know this better than better than me. That those kids went through, I don't know, three offensive line coaches in, in three years. Those seniors, I was their fourth offensive line coach. I was a kid who, you know, was only a handful of years older than them. And so it's like, all right, what what's going to be different? This guy might be here for a year and then he's going to leave again. And so for me, it was building that trust with that unit. And I think that's got to be the foundation. Whether you're a head coach, coordinator, position coach you know, assistant strength coach, whatever it is, you got to build some level of trust with your unit if you want to have any kind of success. At the very least, if you want to have any kind of respect. Um, and so that's kind of the, the lesson I learned, at least from last year, and I'm sure pick up more lessons as I go through my coaching career. I love it, man. I, I, it's, it's interesting because um, I think it's it, it's so awesome. Is it Chuck Martin? Yeah, to see, I remember the season that you you talked about, where started off zero and six, and then rattled yep. off six more to go on and become bowl eligible. Yeah, um, and, and obviously doing good things now. Um, 
Let me ask you this though. This I got him on the hot seat. You know, hey. What's one thing you would change since we coached together? What's one thing coming in as maybe you played there, now you coach there? You know, what's one thing that is absolutely different that you weren't expecting, or or, or it's one thing you might say we have to change. I didn't think this was going to be like this. We got to change this. Man, the the the, the I'll, I'll give you this part first. The one thing I didn't expect, I expect to be a little different. But for for background, I, Bruce Ward's our head coach. I was a junior when he came in his first year, right? So now he's my head coach again. And when we were there, I mean, I remember we were trying to change the culture and the image of what Ghana was and we grew confidence, but there was still, when you played certain teams, there was, there was always that, that thought in the back of your head of like, Oh crap, this is X, Y, Z. Like, Oh oh crap. This is a team from Cincinnati or this is a team from Cleveland. I remember vividly my senior year conversations with guys when we found out we were playing a team from Cincinnati. Right. And that just seemed like it was stuck in our heads and in the, the program says there and coming in this year to be able to be around these kids and to feel the change that have gone through of, we don't really care who you are. Like we know who we are. We know what we can be. That mindset had shifted completely. Uh, and and it, it, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't a factor. It didn't seem like it was a factor this year of, of the, the comparison game. Of you know, oh, we're Gehanna, we do X, Y, Z, but they're so and so, they do ABC. That was the biggest thing. Going in, changing this, you know, going in the season, changing things. One, hope, hopefully, having uh, not not to, uh, you know, practice on different places and play on different fields as much from a home field standpoint. But I think that'll hopefully change. Fingers crossed. But I don't know, man. I think just building this team up to where if if every one of us as coaches left tomorrow, it wouldn't be like anything changed culture wise and leadership wise like this team. I think like you kind of mentioned stout, just the players leading. And I think they're starting to get there, starting to see that, but you just want to have that where you could feel confident where if, if, if I was gone for a day and you couldn't coach the line, they're going to run their own chip and it's going to be just like if one of us were there, kind of that self-sustaining feeling. So for your offensive line, though, as you, what did you bring? Like, what did you bring from college? Do you think that translated the most into high school, though? Yeah, from a coaching standpoint, probably. I mean, I, I think I could relate to them well because one, I played at Gahanna. Some of them knew my brother. They played with my brother, who was just a few years removed. I think it was more of the experience of being able to understand what it was like to be coached by their same coaches, by you know, our running backs coach, our head coach, our strength coach, some of our defense coaches, and then being able to just relate with them, share stories about, you know, what it's like playing in the horseshoe, even if you're losing by 70 points, right. You know, relate to them about, you know, whatever is going on at school. Cause I walked those same hallways, right. I did all those same things with them. I, you know, I, I, I knew guys that they had played with so on and so forth. So that relationship aspect I think is what helped me out the most. The, you know, it's high school football, so there's some of the technique and the, the verbiage. It, it still comes along, right? It, it, it's different from what we learned in college. Is you know playing at a high level. It's it's different. So that relationship building, I think, is what kind of came quickly and surprisingly. Uh, 
to the so high school how, level. How old are you? 25. 25. So when I started coaching, I was, uh, what, I was 22, 23 as well. So I was right around that age. How do you, um, and I'm just curious about like, I'm still young too. I'm only, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not acting like, I, I can't even act like I'm like Stout's age, 42 or whatever. Um, but being like a young guy still, right? Um, how do you separate, you know, as a coach, how do you separate the relationship of being, you know, a buddy and a friend? to also being just a coach and, and making sure that they know that there's like a fine line that you can be around mm-hmm. but time to go is, is coach time. Like how did you establish that as a young guy? Truthfully, it was, it's going to sound, it's, it's going to sound dumber I think than it is, but I think you guys both get it. I mean, it was, it, there was the, my first off season last year with them. And then we did a lot of lifting, you know, some, some work where we could get it. And then, as you got into the summer where we could start to do some actual football stuff in, in small amounts. And then we go to our team camp. It was a very, I don't want to say a, a quick switch that they saw, but it was, you know, Hey, like this is coach white. Like he's my buddy. Like he's like my friend almost like he's been talking to me, like we're friends and, and getting on me to work hard, but it was, they just needed to see that switch could be flipped one time. You make one wrong pull whoa, Coach White's screaming at you, or he's, you know, doing X, Y, Z. And I, I think sometimes from, you know, our experiences in college, you hear different things from coaches than you do sometimes in high school football. Again, can't say some of those things out loud on a show, but I think you you hear different things and you, you kind of know how to talk to kids without pushing that line that you might have heard in college when it comes to high school. And so when you get a taste of that line, I think as a high school kid, they go, okay, this is, this is more serious than I, than I thought. So you, I, I tried to build that relationship with them first so that when I did have those moments where I called them out in front of people, I, you know, told them the truth straight to their face. It wasn't coming from a place of, you know, who's this guy. It was coming from a place of, okay, like some, this must be genuine because I, I I've known him as something different for the past four or five months. Now this is happening. This must be genuine. that's the good thing like i love when my coaches so i have a i have a coach that's kind of like super quiet doesn't ever cuss doesn't ever say nothing crazy to kids like just real mellow receiver coach like never gets off track but or or out of line but if you hear him say one cuss word or you hear him raise his voice and go it catches every single person's attention even mine i'll i'll look if he says a cuss word i'll look like he like just ran a baby over or something in his car I, i'm like oh my coach i was like don't say a cuss word you cannot swear like i don't like hearing you say that but the old man's turns now though so i'm up huh come on father time let's go you father know, time the old man of the group hey i looked at the um I looked at the script right obviously we like wrote a little bit of stuff but here's mine here's donovan's there's <laughs> like whole entire list of just coaching he's just he's the man the man with many many things to say here much wisdom so i don't know i don't know but you know i came up really with two two main core ideas and just to to kind of think about it um uh, you know, the last three years have been a, a wild, amazing ride. Uh, I've been a part of two conference championships in the last three years. 
uh, one at Pickerington North, uh, a year, year two, then following that championship, we were super close. I, I mean, re- there's a couple plays, a couple situations where you think we, we almost won again. Uh, and then winning this one at Gahanna. So uh, very close to almost winning three in a row. You know, this past season, we were 13 and two conference championship, regional championship, final four. Uh, and as I look back, though, it was a long process to get there. Like, I didn't win a conference championship until that year at Pick North, like year 10 of coaching. Uh, I was even on a team as a coach when I was younger. We were 9-1 and one and still didn't win a conference championship. The team that beat us was 10-0 and 0 in the final minutes of the game. And, and it just felt like something that was – was it ever going to happen? You know what I mean? Just got – was on with part of so many good teams and so close so many times and even college close. Uh, and it just didn't happen. But, you know, I, I think across those couple of years where we won championships, the biggest lesson I learned is visualization. You know, a visualization or a theme. And I'm not talking this year's theme is all in. You know, that's easy. Uh, you build a fable. You build a journey. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the first year at Pick North, it was brick by brick. You know, and, and what we did is we took these bricks, right? We took a brick. And when we beat a team, we'd put their name on it. We'd stack that brick. And so we would stack these bricks with all the team's name on it. And we said, brick by brick, we're going to lay this foundation. We're going to win this championship. And we talked about every day. And it was on a scattering report. And we made this image. We made this visualization. We built this fable, this journey. And as you have success in it, you can see the kids start to buy into it. And it takes on a life of its own. Um, last year's season, we took it a step further and, uh, we actually built this past season's idea or visualization or theme in February before, and we, we sat down as a whole staff and we created what we called the mountain, right? This epic peak, this journey you were going to have to go on, um, this, if you could get to the top, like this uh, achievement, right? You know, and so for Gahanna, we hadn't won a, a conference championship in 21 years. It felt unobtainable. You know, it, it just seemed like it was so far away. Uh, uh, it, you know, so much adversity, uh, a mountain, this huge undertaking to try to get to the top. And so we built this mountain image, right? And at the we had six base camps because, you know, if you go climb Mount Everest or you go climb a tall peak, a lot of times you go to a base camp and you come back down or go to the next base camp. And so we had these six base camps, right? And at the bottom, we had some program, cultural, core value type stuff, right? Respond to adversity, our acronym for our core values. And then at the top three, we got into game-specific things. We had win the turnover margin, win the rushing battle, we had explosive plays. And so what we felt like is if we could do those six things along the way, every day and in games, we were going to have a chance to get to that top of the mountain together. Um, we stole from the Indianapolis Colts. I can't say we did it ourselves. Like uh, coaching is stealing. And so yeah, we, if you if you try to reinvent yeah. the wheel, you're losing no. in the game. So right? we stole it. it. I'm laying in bed with COVID. I'm screenshotting this, watching Hard Knocks on HBO, and I'm sending it to the staff. I'm saying, I got, I got this amazing idea. Uh, but we put a lot of thought into what our steps were. Our, so we took that analogy, and we but we made our own steps personal to us. 
We do a team camp every year. I never thought I'd like a team camp on the outside before I ever went to one. I always thought I would hate a team camp. Went to my first one. Love it. I'm a big believer in taking your whole team away from everything, and it's just all football and all your your guys and your family. And that's when we rolled it out to our guys. And uh, it really took on a life of its own. We talked about it every Monday at the start of the week in what we call our culture talk, and we talked about it every day uh, with our kids. And as we started to have success and it felt like it was going to become obtainable, it took on a life of its own. Our players even started to use that analogy and they talked about it. Uh, we got to the point where it was, it, it was week, week 10 heading the final game and it was, we're here, we're here. We're at the last stage. We're going to get up to the top of this thing. Um, we were heading the regional championship. And I had every everybody hold their hands up like this. I made the entire entire team hold their hands up like this. And it was, you do what we ask you to do these next couple of days. You're gonna hold, everybody's going to be doing that by by Friday night, you know. So I think if you can build some visualization or some themes with your team and build a message, but it's got to be more than just a phrase for the year. Uh, something that takes your core values or what it takes to win. Um, I, I think that is my biggest thing that I we did across two championship seasons to make that happen. And then my second idea or lesson is, is kind of a, a big belief of mine of winning the rushing battle, building your team and your identity to doing that. I think if you – You care. Stout loves it. Stout loves it. You knew you had to add that in. Come on, man. You knew. You knew. I'm going to spit some statistics at you, though. Okay. So, we're taking it a step further this year and taking some of these core values and attaching data to it to build a belief. Cause it's one thing if we show a kid a concept or how to block something, but when you turn on like an NFL film and they see NFL guys blocking it or doing something right now, they believe you, you know what I mean? Now they're glued. Um, and that's what we do. Sometimes when we install stuff, we'll show some clips or some screenshots of us. And then we'll find NFL cutups and we'll show NFL or college teams doing it. And it's like, we got them. They believe us now, you know? Um, but I think they're, they're core values that can transform your team. If you can build your team around a toughness and winning the rushing battle, it's not just an offensive goal. It's a defensive goal too. Especially. I'm, playing, I'm, I'm playing with you. That is a soul taker and a demoralizer for mm -hmm. either team on whatever side of the ball it is. If you win the rushing battle, it's especially you have kids that play on both sides of the ball. You make it a priority, you know, so I, I was getting ready for next season. So we started to build next season's theme and journey. Once again, you know, the top has changed, you know, our top goal is different. Uh, and even some of our steps along the bottom have changed even. And it, it gets heated. I mean, we had probably like a two hour conversation mm -hmm. as a staff picking what would go on there and, and what, and, and it just gets so heated. We, I was in the lobby at the um, hotel when you, you guys heard us. That. There was a little, I, I could feel a little tension in the air at the lobby and I, and it's good to have that on your staff though. But it's purposeful. It's a lot of, you know, thought that goes into it, but I think you'll have a hardened identity and just to give it to you. So we, as doing some statistics, it was like the 2021 college season. If you could rush for one more yard than your opponent, you are most likely to win something like 70% chance of winning. Okay. Just by one yard. We're not even talking turnovers or those other categories on that, but by one yard. 
and in and last season we had almost 3,400 yards rushing versus our opponents who had 1,300. You know, we averaged 6.7 yards per carry versus the team uh, opponents. All opponents had 2.9. And I, I, I'm saying that because we were a great rushing team. We controlled it. We had good players. I'm not going to sit here and say we didn't. We had an amazing defense who gave us more opportunities. In fact, there were many times we called the game in saying our defense is our strength. How do we let them shine and not take away from them in any way or put them in bad situations? But I think that mentality transferred over into other things. You know, we had no stadium past week two. We played two home games and then our stadium got renovated and still is under renovation. We played 13 road games. You know, we practiced on this middle school field. Then we moved to a soccer field with no lines or anything. We couldn't start till fourth. There were all these excuses of things that got in the way, but – I really think we were so mentally tough and we had built this culture of toughness and responding to adversity. And there were some games too, where we came out and we might've been winning or we were close at halftime, but it wasn't us. You know what I mean? But we were able to get on those kids and hit that right switch and activate that toughness, that mentality that flipped over into the next half. And so I think those are really two themes. If I were going to build a, a championship season, what I would focus on. Now let me ask you this, and and we've talked about this, and this I guess is go for both of you guys, but but Coach Dow, you've we're, we're coming off this season. How do you when you're building a new message for a season, a new theme, and you're trying to visualize for that for trying to visualize that for them? How do you not build complacency in terms of Oh, this is another theme. Like we love the theme last year, but we're just going to do it all over again, right? Like this theme is great, like, but but we're not. We're just going to do it all over again. How do you get out of that aisle of complacency when it comes towards that visualization of your your campaign for the year? I think you got to find the pulse of your team. You know, I think you through being around your team and and being in the weight room and knowing your players, and we talked about relationships and trust you figure out the pulse of that team a little bit, right? And where are we? Where do we want to go? You know, and so uh, I think that with the pulse with our team, it's understanding that last year was last year. We have to recognize how that elevated the program. And even on this year's image, like we have a flag on that image with the date of last year, but to signify like where we came and how it's starting and how we're starting the new journey, um, and then I think the mission then is moving past that and getting into your leaders and forgetting last season. Um, and I think that that's kind of what, what I think is you constantly figure out where your team's at, what the pulse is like, and what do they need in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's so unique. Like all of us have different views on what the championship season takes. And I think it's, and it goes to a testament, obviously, of like, you have to learn your team. You have to figure out who your kids are, right? Like, and learn your environment. Because in high school football, obviously, um, a lot that that that'll be a lot of people watching this, right? Like, it's going to be high school coaches. We expect, and I think that we all know that every year your team changes in multiple ways due to the fact we don't get to go recruit our kids. Like, you get what you get, right? Like, who who comes out from the school. You're not you. You've got to change it, and, and you know, stout your offense is great because it's multiple offense. You can you can run different things, if, and you're always going to have different kids. So, um, 
that that's one good thing. And I think the other unique thing is you said it took you 10 years, right, to win a conference championship in your coaching career. And for and you felt like forever. Like for me, in my coaching career, it took me six and it felt like forever. I think that no matter what as a person, we're like, we're always gonna feel like and your next Donovan Chill. <laughs> I think you're net right, like and, and Donovan, like say that one. And you guys, I, I hope your career, Donovan, the sweetest thing would be hopefully, hopefully Donovan wins a conference championship every, every year. year he coaches. That's right. So but like man. whenever you have that one year off, I think one year of not winning is gonna feel like forever. Oh, it's gonna be an itch. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like it's yep. that when you don't if you know, and if you don't win it, like whatever, it's gonna feel like forever that next year until you're battling after it. And what I told our kids the other day, we weightlifting, and it's my favorite thing to bring up is, yeah, we're practicing all this time, we're going hard. You got ten guaranteed times to to perform and show what you have, right? And that's put it in like perspective to them. You know what I mean? How much, how meaningful the game is to us, right? Like how much it it means to each one of us. Um, in this room that we've put in multiple hours every day and we're still, we're still here doing it and we only get, okay, you get 10 days for sure. No, that's great, man. It's so I, I, it took us three tries with all the technology, but we did it smooth. We got episode one done. Thanks for joining 614 headsets. If you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Apple or Spotify. And make sure you watch our YouTube channel at 614 Headsets. Uh, follow us on social media uh, at Coach Stout GLHS, Coach Sayers 50, and Donnie Mac 98. And we got some ideas ready, but we would love to some feedback. What do you think? What should we do differently? Or if you got a great topic, let us know. And we would love to build an or episode. Or if you want to be on here, if you want to be a guest, yes. join us. Come on, Absolutely. Go Vikings. Right. No, that's all I got to say. <laughs> all right, fellas. I love you. Appreciate you. Can't wait to go again next week. Have a great night, you guys.